This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. We're, we're moving on to a dear friend of yes. both the Wharton Social Impact Initiative, but also a stalwart in the industry um, in impact investing. Yes. We're going to be transitioning to Brian Trellstad. Brian, you are a partner of Bridges Fund Management. Is it, are you still Bridges Fund Management America? or what, What's the delineation there? We, Bridges is a global impact investment firm, and I am a partner in the U.S. office of Bridges Fund Management. Okay. Well, thank you so much. You are here on the floor of the Wharton Social Impact Conference. You are also So you're speaking at the conference. You're also here because of the MBA Impact Investing Network and Training Program that Wharton and Bridges co-produce. And so um, I want to start there. You have been in this industry, should we say, how long? For about 15 years. 15 years, which I think for most people, that's, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you started off with Acumen. Correct. And, and now you've been with Bridges. Why did you see an importance in looking at the talent pipeline? So universities and, and sort of the talent pipeline for impact investing. So when I was at Acumen Fund, we had a pretty active summer internship program, and we saw a huge interest in students in finding ways to marry commercial careers with purpose. And we began to scratch at what was a huge generational focus on this coming right out of school to to do this uh, full-time. And in addition to the summer internship program, we recognized that there were folks who would be willing to give an entire year postgraduate school or pregraduate school and, and launch the Acumen Fund Fellows Program, which is one of the premier leadership and development programs for folks looking to get into impact investing or emerging markets, social enterprise and innovation. And through just observing the, the, the kind of complete mismatch between the supply of amazing talent that wanted to learn and contribute immediately and the lack of supply of opportunities, we were able to meet that in some small way with the, the internship program and, and the fellows program. But we also saw that they were hungering for coursework that just didn't exist on campuses. And so the, the Mint evolved out of Acumen's predisposition towards finding, supporting, nurturing, and supporting talent going into um, this field. Yeah, and that's certainly some of what we've seen as as Wharton Social Impact has grown, right? You know, when Cheryl Kuhlman stepped in seven years ago as the managing director and first employee, it was because a thousand flowers were blooming, right? Students were starting to get interested in this in the law school, in the business school. They were starting to form clubs and ask questions. And so, to your point, it really is a supply and demand issue that we're meeting. Tomorrow, as Nick referenced, is the big mint competition. So the best and brightest from these 25 schools are coming together. Um, You know, what trends, Brian, are you seeing in in what the industry is looking for in the talent pool um, and that you are helping to bring to these students through the MIT program? Yeah. When I joined Acumen Fund, I had just come out of uh, four years at McKinsey. I had a time prior to business school in the social sector. So I was a, a generalist who'd been committed to social innovation in my career, but did not have a ton of principal investing experience. Uh, today, when Bridges hires or an Acumen Fund hires for an invest in investing role, the folks that are, are getting those uh, opportunities are ones who bring investment banking training, principal investing experience, and the, the evolution of the field and the interest has really heightened, the professionalism has heightened. What we see as the opportunity is to combine 
the professional opportunities with an accelerated course on impact. How do you think about and understand impact embedded in business models? How do you evaluate evaluation and what's appropriate? Is yeah. it a randomized control trial or is it just counting number of students in seats? And how can you use that in both the diligence process and the post-investment process? And so we at the, at the Mint don't think that we are training folks who are necessarily all going to go into impact investing full-time immediately after school. We don't think we can train people in how to become a venture capitalist. There are courses on every business school taught by great faculty in venture capital. But where we can be distinctive is helping people really wrestle with how impact and financial return fit into a business model and how you articulate that to both investors and management teams in a way that can build a great business that delivers measurable social or environmental impact. So I want to go back, um, given that you have such a, you know, a depth of experience in, in impact investing, and just ask, you know, from your time at Acumen to now your, your position at you know, Bridges Fund Management, how have you seen the impact investing space evolve? Tremendously. It, it used to be an idea that people would reject categorically. You can't do that. You can't make you know, a, a return off of a, a high-impact business to now traditional asset managers stepping into the field. Um, there has been an ongoing kind of snowballing. I think the more high-profile impact investing has gotten, the more interest it's generated, but there's also been a generational shift where people are uh, willing to buy and invest with their values, which is putting pressure on the asset managers, large um, like uh, banks, you know, Bank of America, Merrill Lynch is a major sponsor of the Mint, and they are seeing in their private bank and in the retail bank that people want are asking questions about the social responsibility of their investments. No different. Financial products are no different than people curious about the social responsibility of the food they eat or the clothes they wear. Mm -hmm. And so you're seeing from the supply of capital and from the, you know, the supply of talent a huge interest. And most importantly, I think you're seeing entrepreneurs now starting businesses aware that it is possible to combine the two. And this is sort of the, I think, the next question we want to get to after we remind our listeners where yeah. we're coming at them from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're here on the floor of the Wharton Social Impact Conference. Um, we're doing a special broadcast of Dollars and Change, and we're here with Brian Trellstad, who's a partner at Bridges Fund Management. And so, Brian, we were talking about the evolution of the impact investing space from the perspective of the investors and those moving the capital. What are they moving it to? How have you seen the sort of supply of investable opportunities change over the last 15 years? They are starting to attract fund managers of, um, well, the, the, the first thing to recognize is that some early entrants like Bridges or uh, DBL on the West Coast have gotten to a scale of Bridges roughly a billion dollars under management. DBL just raised a $450 million uh, fund that those funds are now attracting traditional endowments, pension funds, and uh, other large allocators of capital. So the early entrants into the space that have been successful are now growing into the ability to, to attract that institutional capital. In addition, you see the, the Bains and the TPGs and the BlackRocks standing up impact investment strategies with the institutional-grade asset management capabilities now orienting themselves towards impact. And that was you know, unthinkable 10, 15 years ago that a Bain would say, we're going to put some of our best people against uh, 
$200 million fund strategy and impact, and that the former sitting governor of Massachusetts would be leading that uh, yeah. with deep conviction. And so I think it's a sign of maturity in the sector that those asset managers are entering, and it's a sign of the evolution that some of the homegrown players are getting to a place where they can compete with other for-profit, non-mission investment managers for capital. Yeah. What are some of the areas that Bridges Fund Management looks at? So in terms of impact themes, are there any specific ones that they look at, and is there any rhyme and reason to those? Mm -hmm. The core DNA is investing in what we call underserved markets. And the initial fund in 2002 was investing in the U.K. in businesses that would help create economic opportunity or close the wealth gap in low-income communities in the U.K. That is also a core part of our strategy in the U.S., over time, the team in the UK started to recognize that there were certain economic activities in underserved markets that were more socially beneficial and some that were less. And so the, the, the team spotting opportunities in areas like health and wellness, education and skills, and sustainable living, those have evolved into the thematic areas that we care about. So we're looking at sort of world positive businesses, socially beneficial businesses that are also either located in or serving underserved communities um, in both the United States and UK as our core thesis. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious, um, when we talk about the impact, how, how to analyze the impact, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later on the panel that I have the pleasure of moderating with you on, it's easy enough to measure finance. When it comes to impact investing, you're wrestling with measuring impact. As you mentioned, this you know sometimes necessitates a randomized control trial. Sometimes that's a complete waste of money, and you're looking towards much more basic indicators. You know How does Bridges approach that really difficult question? And they are a leader in this. Yeah, we've, we've got a deep commitment to doing it, and we've recognized over the past 18 months it's less a question of measurement than it is a question of management. And what we're working with a, a coalition of folks uh, like the Amidiar Network and the Ford Foundation and DFID and BlackRock and PGGM and, and others on trying to create a convention by which folks can articulate their impact preferences that get translated from asset owner to advisor to manager. And so you really can only measure and report on that which you are trying to change. And I think the field has done... A, a poor job historically of helping people articulate what change they want to see in the world. I thought Bobby Turner this morning at the conference was phenomenal at talking about the kind of change that he wants to see with the integrated housing, health, education, safety investments. Very clear. And I think his investors can understand the change he's delivering and buy that. Mm -hmm. Some of the investors might just want, you know, housing and don't really care who lives in the housing. Just the health clinics. Yeah. Right? They and, in one part of that game. And so we just need to be honest with our investors as to what are the kinds of things that we're delivering and how can we project what we're going to deliver and hold ourselves accountable and report back to you. Yeah. Uh, we can go into greater detail on the panel about the art of the measurement itself, <laughs> but embedding that in a broader management practice is really important and a, a, a focus of the field over the coming decade. Yeah, and so in 30 seconds, what are you most excited about in impact investing? I am excited about the, um, the, the growth of uh, managers who can start taking big institutional capital. I'm excited about some of the retail um, uh, players that are starting to make impact investing accessible to, to smaller investors. And I'm excited about the, the measurable difference that the companies we're investing in are making. 
Well, thank you so much. This has been Brian Trellstad, who is a partner at Bridges Fund Management. Thank you so much. I look forward to spending the next couple of days with you. Um, we are here on the floor of the Wharton Social Impact Conference. We're going to take a short break, but this is Dollars and Change with Nick Ashburn and Sandy Hunt. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.